something to say. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Project Shadow. How's everybody doing today? I hope it's well. I'm doing as well as I can because I have air conditioning and it's crazy hot and humid outside. I don't like living in a swamp. I don't like living in a swamp, but I do. So, yeah. Hi. How are you doing? My name's Charlie. If I haven't said that already, I don't know. It's hot. It's humid outside. I don't know what I'm talking about. Actually, I do. Today, I wanted to tackle the great and dread demon of our age and that is nostalgia that's why this episode is titled everything was better when i was a kid because that is the easiest sentiment for any of us to say well not any of us i know some people that had really rough childhoods rougher than mine and they might not say that but for a lot of us we say this and i, I i'm especially privileged to be able to say this because I grew up a white male in this country and I grew up in the late 70s and early 80s. I grew up at the dawn of Nintendo. I grew up with Saturday morning TV. I grew up in the very age and era when everything that we're being nostalgic about was new and fresh and original. I, I grew up through New Wave. I remember it like it was yesterday. I remember getting my first Nintendo system and how magical it was. I remember getting my first ColecoVision, which I still have, by the way. Yeah, anybody remember ColecoVision? Am I the only one? Am I the only one? I probably am. I had Donkey Kong for it. It was awesome. I had a couple other games too, but I played Donkey Kong like crazy. Loved that game. Yeah. So yeah, everything was better when I was a kid, wasn't it? I mean, there was hair metal on the radio. That was awesome. And you might laugh at me for that, but I, I still like my hair metal today. You know, I don't need nothing but a good time. Because <laughs> it's fun and it reminds me of my youth. And like so many people, when we look back, I look back at my childhood and think about how wonderful it was. Not because, well, we were especially well off. I mean, my family's never really had a lot of money. And, well, we moved around a lot, and so I was constantly having to make new friends. But... Even then, I do remember my childhood as something special. Even when I had my first crush when I was in third grade on a boy and didn't understand that because that was wrong. And so I pretended and would literally pick a random girl in my class. So when my mom asked, I, I could be in the closet, even though I didn't know about the closet or why I wanted to be in the closet and so I would take all the feelings that I had for random boy number five that I'm not going to say his name because we were both like eight years old and I had no I you know and younger and I had no idea what these feelings were but I knew well enough to say that they weren't about him but about oh I don't know random girl number five who came into my head when mom asked why I was sitting there daydreaming because it was right to be in. Yeah. So I'm not going to talk about that. I actually want to talk about why even with my problematic childhood and, you know, not to be too real in this, but, you know, I was molested by one of my teachers in school and 
like I said, we moved around a lot, and so I was constantly having to make new friends, and I knew at a very early age that I wasn't like the other boys. Like, I, f I realized by kindergarten that I like to put makeup on, and I loved having my hair done and my nails done, and my sisters, who wanted a little sister, were f okay with that, even though my mom and my dad were not. So even with all that, I still look like my childhood with rose-colored glasses. And I think a lot of us do. And this is the root of nostalgia. Everything was better back then. Star Trek was better. Star Wars was better. Everything was better when I was young. But of course, none of that is true. And I'm not talking about because, well, those shows had problematic elements in them or anything like that. No. Life was better when I was a child. You know why? Because I was a child. Uh, we don't take that into effect when we look at our nostalgias. One, I, I didn't have a very broad sense of the word world, and since I had grown up in kind of a racist milieu, I didn't realize I was being racist when I was being racist until we moved to Maryland, and I, I really didn't have any white friends for a very long time because of the apartment complex that I lived in, and I realized how problematic a lot of my words and actions were, and that changed me. No, I'm not talking about any of that. It's I, I didn't have to pay bills when I was a kid. I, I had some concept of bills because I, I have some memory of my parents talking about how they were going to pay for this, that, or the other thing, or, you know, dad's work and how much he was making. Like, th those, those are vague memories that I have. But more than anything, I, I remember He-Man and Voltron and Robotech. And all of the other things that I loved when I was a kid. The Pac-Man animated series, which I was way too into as a child. The ALF TV show, and even better, the animated series. I thought the TV show was always kind of weird, but I loved the animated series on Saturday. And I would watch that all the time. So why do I have such rose-colored glasses? It's because back then, I didn't have anything to worry about. My most complicated relationships involved things like, well, will you play this game with me and are we going to build a tree fort tonight or not i mean that was as complicated and complex as friendships got back then at least for me and my own little milieu right do you have toys at your house or should i bring some with me my biggest frustrations was the fact that i didn't get toys at the rate that i wanted i ha but my parents of course gave me an allowance and so i had to save up to get the toys that I wanted. So while I was frustrated that I didn't have or knew that it would take forever for me to be able to afford that Optimus Prime that I wanted, oh, I could get my Beachcomber and my Bumblebee. Yeah, yeah, my Cliff Jumper. And, you know, I have a little bit of extra money and I want some more toys to play with, so I guess I'll buy a couple of those GoBots. I don't really like them. They're not as cool as the Transformers, but they'll fill out the toys so I can play better. Those were my concerns. I didn't have to wonder where my next meal was going to come from. I didn't have to worry about how I would pay the rent or the electric bill or any of that. I didn't have to wonder what I was going to do about my legs because they hurt all the time because I didn't hurt my knee until I was 16. Life is simple when you're a child because you're a child. And I think a lot of people miss that when they look at nostalgia. I really, really do, because I see so many people talking about, you know, various things that cause nostalgia and various things that go into feeding our nostalgia. And yes, Transformers is a much better 
cartoon for me and a much better property for me because I had the toys. And so I have this whole headcanon because I played with them and my friend Paul and I played with them and we would construct these elaborate battles and these elaborate stories with our Transformers, with our imagination. So yeah, that makes Transformers better than the cartoon or the movie could have ever been. But that's not, I don't think, why we have this idea of having lived through a golden age. And let's face it, so many people do. You know, music was better when I was a kid. Well, was it? I mean, I loved New Edition when I was a kid, and I hated One Direction when I was an adult. What really was the difference between New Edition and One Direction? I've come out of many closets on this podcast, and I suppose it's time for me to come out of at least one more. I loved New Kids on the Block when I was a kid. What's the difference between them and the NSYNCs and the Backstreet Boys and the One Directions and the BTS today? I mean, boy bands are boy bands are boy bands. Maybe the style of music was different. And, I mean, we can talk about how pop music changed. And, yeah, there might be something to that a little bit. But, you know, New Kids on the Block weren't producing, like, or amazing songs. I mean, you know... Candy Girl is really cute when you think about it, but it's not life-changing. It isn't. But I was younger then. I was the same age as them, maybe a little bit younger. They were cute. I was just at the flowering of my libido. I was just starting to see things as attractive or sexual or sexy. And so I had a special relationship with those artists. I remember the crushes I used to have on members of Poison, yeah, Slaughter, oh, Bloss Elias, Bloss Elias, I had the biggest crush on Bloss Elias, he's the drummer from Slaughter, and even if you don't like their music, find one of their music videos, just turn the sound off if you don't like the music, and watch the drummer, oh my goodness, he still kind of makes my heart flutter a little bit, but of course, I knew I couldn't tell anybody these things, and my one of my first quote-unquote girlfriends who had to know that I was as different as I was, we used to sit in her bedroom looking through New Kids on the Block magazines, talking about how much we liked, because yeah, we were those people. I mean, she had to know, right? I mean, maybe she couldn't put it into words like I couldn't put put it into words, but we were more girlfriends than we ever were boyfriend girlfriend i would help her with her hair i would braid her hair i would help her do her nails and makeup and yeah i was more like one of her girlfriends that we just said that we were going out and she had to know right right but we didn't have any cares in the world there were no cares in the world all we cared about was who was going to dance with us at the school dance were we going to have somebody dance with us at the school dance like, I realized this when I talked to one of the uh, my closest female friends when I was a kid a while back, and I didn't realize that she had a crush on me, and I was completely oblivious because I never saw girls that way. And she was so frustrated because I never asked her out, but we always hung out all the time, and she didn't understand why until many years later she realized that, you know, I wasn't into girls, and she was like, it makes so much sense. I was like, yeah. But we had fun. We had fun all the time. We used to go to the pool hall together, and we would play pool and dance and sing together, except for when she went through her Brian Adams phase, because, oh, Brian Adams, I have never been... But it's easy to look back at those days, those halcyon days of youth, with rose-tinted glasses on. Because, honestly, and this will just tell you how privileged my childhood was in some ways, 
I remember one of the biggest arguments I had with my friends was what, what the proper way to eat uh, pizza was and what the proper way to eat french fries was. How, how do you properly catch up a french fry? And these were things we debated when I was a kid. Because, of course, those were the things we debated when I was a kid. I lived in a suburb of D.C. then, by that point. And most of our parents were doing okay financially. And I went to a fairly affluent school, even if most of the kids there's families made more than mine did. But I got a transfer in because reasons that I just are not germane to our topic today. And so I have these wonderful memories of my childhood and I have these wonderful memories of my friends and the things that we love to go see. I will forever love Mallrats because I remember my friend Dina and I going to see that movie in the theater and it was just us. And so we realized we could be as loud and raucous as we wanted to be because we were the only two people in the theater. And we laughed at the top of our lungs, and we shouted at the screen, and it was like watching a movie at home where you could actually be loud and raucous and have a good time. And then we laughed all the way home because we enjoyed the show because we were mall rats. We literally walked from the apartments we lived in down to the mall to watch a movie about kids who live in the mall. And afterwards, we hung out at the mall, and we went down to Cinnabon Inc., <laughs> Actually, it wasn't Cinnabon. We went down to Mrs. Fields and got some cookies because that's what you did at the, at the mall. And then we hung out all day. And we went to the arcade and we hung out and we had fun because we were mall rats watching a movie about mall rats. Yeah. It's easy to look back at that because now I write stories now like I wrote stories then. But I didn't feel any pressure then. I was just writing stories because I like to write stories. I was just world building because I love to world build. And so I look back at those first novels, which are utter crap. But the experience writing them was such a glorious one because I wasn't thinking about, will anyone ever read this? Will anybody like this? Will it make money? Did I get my sentences right? Am I doing proper characterization? Am I building the story in such a way that the audience is going to understand some of the reveals that are coming up. Like, none of that was in my head. I was just reading a story because I like to write a story. And that's why those memories are nostalgic. And I would challenge you to look at your own nostalgic memories and see how much of that is built into them. Was Transformers or He-Man the best cartoon in the world? No! But we played with the toys, and that made it great. I remember Pirates of Dark Water and the very short-lived Dragon Warrior cartoon series because it was shown where we lived at like 5.30 in the morning. So we would have sleepovers. Either friends would sleep over at my house or I would sleep over at their house and we would set an alarm for kids. And kids don't set an alarm, but this was so important to us. We would set an alarm to get up and we would huddle around the TV and we would watch this 30-minute ep episode on the TV and then we would talk about it all day long. And I remember having to be so quiet about it because we didn't want to wake our family up. I mean, it depending on whose house we were at. So we'd sit there, huddled around the TV with the TV turned down so really low so the sound from the t cartoon wouldn't wake our fr families up. And we would watch it. And, oh, we'd have to hold it all in. We'd have to hold it all in, hold, hold in all of our reactions. And then when it was over, turn the TV off quietly so the floor wouldn't creak, sneak back into my room. And then without making too much noise, so again, we didn't wake my parents up, discussing what we just saw in the episode. It was a secret. It was ours. And that made the show so much more special than it ever could have been in reality. And I haven't seen it since I was a kid, so I have no idea if it was a good show or not. I don't. 
but I, I, the memories are so good and so fond. And when you I actually tell the story and I actually think about it, they have very little to do with the cartoon itself. If we didn't have to sneak around so we didn't wake up my folks, if we didn't have to scour the time, the schedules, the TV schedules to make sure we knew when it was going to air because they would change its time slot all the time. So we had to pour over those stupid grids and directories to find out when it was going to be on TV because you actually got a little paper booklet that had all that in there. And I'm not talking about the TV guide. So it came with the paper. It was this little booklet thing. Yeah. That made it special. And so when I watch Transformers now, all those memories of Paul and I playing at his house, at my house, all those come rushing back. And that is nostalgia. The property is secondary. It really is. It only is important because of the importance that it had. Do I love hair metal to this day because those songs have some objective quality to them that makes me like them? Or because every time I hear Don't Need Nothing But A Good Time by Poison, I remember Tina, Dina, Tina's younger sister whose name I can't remember, and I sitting around out in the courtyard at the apartments with Dina's boombox on singing that song that's the top of my lungs. And we would sing and we would just... The music was so important to us because we were kids and when you're a kid, everything is so important to you. Are those good songs? I don't know. I am incapable of knowing that. And I think if you look at the things that you're nostalgic about when you were a child, you'd probably find the same thing. And this is just something we miss because we don't want to look at our lives now. That's that's a major point of why nostalgia can be toxic like it is with Star Wars fandom. Does it matter who shot first? Like, some of the arguments over, like, did Han shoot first with Star Wars? Some of that's born out of nostalgia, and some of that's based out of our own headcanons that we, some people want Han Solo to be this cold-blooded murderer guy. And I don't care. Like, it doesn't affect me either way. It really doesn't. I, I don't care. I don't have a dog in this race. But I've gotten dragged into some of those arguments because there are people that take that way too seriously. Why? Because something from their childhood was changed. That's why we have that stupid and horrible phrase of, It ruined my childhood. No, it didn't. You still have all the happy memories. All of them. I remember the first time I watched The Terminator at my grandparents' house because my Uncle Gene had come back from Alaska with his kids and everybody. And we went down to the store in town where he could rent a VCR and he rented that movie because he thought we would like it. And I remember him hooking this magical box called a VCR, which I had never seen before, up to their TV and putting in the tape and watching Arnold Schwarzenegger and Linda Hamilton and the whole thing and my parents gasping because we were watching this thing and Uncle Gene calming them down so that we could watch this thing and it the memories of how i watched terminator will forever be a part of whether of how i think of the movie terminator they just will and honestly every time i see my cousins i have kind of in the back of my head a little dun 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 dun, dun because they were there for that special i think of another cousin of mine who introduced me to the alien movies and you know, I'm kind of, I'm sorry in a way that this episode has become so biographical on my part, but I I think it's important to make my point that way, right? 
When you look at your own life, when you look at the things that you have nostalgia for, why do you have nostalgia for? What is it that makes you interested in it still to this day? What memories is it bringing up? What is it connecting you that you used to have? Is it that free spirit that used to be a part of you? Like when I think of the Dra um, Dragon Riders of Pernbo, I remember being a kid and for the first time in my life deciding I'm going to read a book. I'm going to pick a book. I am. Not, my sister isn't going to give it to me as a gift. The school isn't going to tell me that I have to read it. None of that kind of thing. I am going to pick out a book. And I remember going through the library and finding that book. And it stood out to me because it had the word dragon on it. Dragon Song. First book I ever read by my, for myself. And I pulled it out. And I looked at the cover. And there was a girl with dragons flying around her head. Little bitty ones. And that was, what? Little dragons? No, dragons are huge. Why are there little dragons? Dragon song. And I read the back of the book. I read the description of it. Oh, that sounds kind of interesting. And so I picked up that book. And I read it. it was the first time I had ever chosen, self-directed, to read a book on my own. And it was such a special book for me for those reasons. Now, that doesn't mean that Anne McCaffrey isn't a good writer, or that's a good book, or it's a whatever. None of that matters. That book is tainted now by the memories of having seen it in the library, seeing that cover, seeing that word dragon and have it just leap off the shelf at me. Like, ooh, dragons. You love dragons? Check this out, right? It is the book that was one of the first times I had started experiencing and exercising my own independence. And guess what that book's about, right? It was a perfect book for my first book. And nobody had to tell me that. In fact, the librarian was rather not pleased at the book that I had chosen because I should have picked a more serious But I picked it anyway. So that added another layer because it was transgressive. The person, the librarian, the person who knows all the books said I shouldn't do it. But I did it. And I loved it. And I not only read it, I read Dragon Singer and Dragon's Drum. And then I found, about, found out about the other books in the series. And I started reading those too. And I learned to love reading. So Anne McCaffrey will always have a special place in my heart. She just will. I can't tell you objectively anything about her because of the events that led to me reading. Her books will always be covered by that and colored by that. And that is how my nostalgia for her, came into being. And when I think about that now, I don't think about reading as this exercise of my own free agency, of an exercise of my own free will, of my own independence. I don't think about it that way. I just, oh, I gotta, I'm gonna find a book, I'm gonna find a book. But thinking about that and realizing why I loved that book and how that got me into reading all these other books from David Eddings to Tolkien to Piers Anthony everything else, right? If it wasn't for that experience, I probably wouldn't have gotten it. And when I think about that, and I think about my choice to read Dreadnought, for example, the book that we just did the Mondo review of, that was an exercise of my agency too. See, Brian and I listen to audiobooks together as kind of part of our entertainment. That's what we do. And usually we discuss books. Which book are we going to read? What do, we, do you want to get this one or that one or the other one? I found out about this book. I thought it sounded fascinating. I listened to the sample of it. I thought it'd be good. And I didn't even ask. I just bought it. And I was like, tonight, we're listening to this. And Brian, being the good sport that he is, says, oh, that does sound kind of interesting. Okay. But again, it was an exercise of my autonomy. 
One of the reasons I probably love Dauntless so much is because it goes back to those days of when I first started reading for myself. There was no committee. I didn't talk to anyone about whether or not we should read it. I just read it. And so that nostalgia brush gets painted on it too, maybe. I don't know. But I do think it is important for us to start actually teasing apart our nostalgic feelings and find out why we have. Because I think we'll realize why we take things sometimes a little too personally. Like, one of the things that I love so much about Stranger Fiction... Stranger... (laughs) Stranger Things is it really does kind of remind me of me and my friends when I was a kid because... Well, we were the bike kids. We rode our bikes everywhere. And we were the D&D kids. So that really, you know... I remember dressing up for Halloween in coordinated costumes with them. Not quite that good of coordinated costumes, because ours were made out of plastic, because they were cheap costumes that we got from the store. But, you know, similar idea, right? I remember so much from my youth that that show reminds me of and so it's not just the fact that it's 80s themed or they did ghostbusters homages or this that and the other i mean that's part of it but also part of it is because of it reminds me of when i was a kid and i didn't have to worry about things and the great thing about it is these kids have to worry about things like i do (laughs) because i'm an adult now and i have to wonder about how we're going to pay the bills and how we're going to pay our employees and all of this stuff so yeah Everything was better when I was a kid because I didn't know about what was happening outside of the little world that I lived in. And for everyone who says that phrase, everything was better when I was a kid, that's really what they're talking about, too. They're remembering those carefree days. Remember when you got all of summer off? That's what they're talking about. You know, that, that wonderful, glorious life before adult responsibilities foisted upon you. So bear that in mind. And don't take out your grievances over how your life has been on other people who like or dislike. We're better than that. And we'll only be better than that if we are honest about why we care about the thing. So yeah, I hope you enjoyed that. I did. (laughs) I kind of liked going down memory lane. If you have any of your own memories that you'd like to share, you can download the Anchor app at anchor.fm. You can find a link at projectshadow.com also, which will take you directly to our page, Anchor. There you can, once you download the app, you can follow Project Shadow and you can leave me a voice message up to one minute long and share with me your one of your memories. Let's have a nostalgia part. What's something that you're nostalgic about and why? Tell your story. I'd love to hear. If whatever you're listening to this podcast through allows you to rate the podcast, please give us a like, give us a star rating. I think you still applaud and anchor. Whatever it is, please rate us. It it helps me find a broader audience. Those things really do help. If you can share this podcast with a friend, share it. That helps as well. If you would like to monetarily support me in whatever you're listening to me through, you'll see in the show notes there a support on Anchor link. If you click that, that will take you over and you can support at the $1, $5, or $10 levels. I don't have a say over those levels, but... That support really does help me make these shows possible and helps me realize what I should be focusing on because I do get torn sometimes about how much time I take making podcast episodes and how much time I spend writing. And your support there would help me see that you really care about the podcast and you want to go forward. If you want to support everything that I do, you can support me over on Patreon and you can find links for that over at projectshadow.com. 
Um, and that supports the writing and the podcast and everything. The whole kit and caboodle. And just thank you. <laughs> Your support has been, meant so much to me. Uh, and I will talk to you later. Have the fun. Bye.